Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. 10.07. Is China going to take the lead on the tech stage? China is set to release an ambitious 15-year blueprint called China Standards 2035 that will lay out its plans to set the global standards for the next generation of technologies ranging from artificial intelligence to 5G networks. Meanwhile, as some economies reopen this week, we ask, what does this mean for individual investors and companies? Is the new normal a lot less? investable. We're joined by Jack Cousy, founder and director of strategy at the VFS Group. Jack, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Michelle. I'm very well. Thank you for back on. Appreciate your time. So, Jack, do you think China is going to be able to shape the next generation of tech through these China Standards 2035? What do you make of the scope of these standards? Yeah, I mean, firstly, it's a very big, bold move by China, releasing you know this type of report to the market. It's an extension of made in 2025, which they went a little bit quiet on uh, when the trade war was in full full game. But this is a very bold statement. I guess I just want to take it back a little bit and, and talk about what was the, one of the biggest news stories in 2019, and that was the trade war between the US and China. Mm. This is simply an, an escalation of that. Um, and when we talk about what the trade war was really about, I like to talk about it like a chess game. Right? So you play chess, I'm sure, right? Yeah. So think about a chess game, you know, you've got pieces on the board, things like the pawns, they were flat screen TVs and tennis balls and clothing or apparel and the, the horse was soybeans, pork and corn and, you know, the rook was access to supply lines. But the queen and the king on the chessboard was tech. It really was a tech war. Mm. When you talk about the queen, it was about forge 5G, artificial intelligence, robotics, the internet of things, and then the king was really the semiconductor. So... This, I believe, is just an extension of that. I feel the Chinese are feeling a little bit emboldened at this point in time. Both sides have just gone 12 rounds in terms of the trade war, um, and this is just an extension of that, and it's an extension of Chinese tech influence uh, across the globe. And if I just wanted to just push to that a little bit further, if we think about it from the consumer point of view, Mm. we're constantly being asked to choose between Chinese and U.S. tech. So you shop on Amazon or Alibaba. You use uh, Huawei or Xiaomi or you use an Apple phone. You ride on Uber, or you use Diddy. Um, you know, we're constantly being asked to use Weibo or Twitter, TikTok or Instagram. Uh, and not only we as consumers are starting to do that, this 2035 is essentially asking nation states to either choose US or Chinese tech going forward. And I believe that this is being thought out under the smokescreen of COVID-19, but this will be one of the biggest news stories when we get out of you know, this pandemic that we're seeing across the globe. So just stay tuned on this one. This is an extension of what we saw in 19 between the two countries. Love that chessboard analogy. So you see China Standards 2035 as a possible provocation. Do you think, though, that these are much-needed unifying standards or could they really tip the power balance in the tech space? Well, they are unifying standards. It's just a question of who's influencing those unifying standards. And that's really what's at stake right now. So, you know, previously, you look at 5G, for example. You know, 4G was an American concept, really, pushed by America, 3G by Europe. The question is, who implements the standards for artificial intelligence, for robotics, for the Internet of Things? Who shapes those standards? And who essentially creates the key for the lock? 
So unifying standards is something that we want across the globe. Whether we're going to get them or not is another question. But, you know, this is a key piece in, I guess, economic superiority and tech superiority. If you want to be the number one nation state in the world, sure, you've got to have a lot of money. Your financial system needs to be sound. But really, you have to dominate one sector, and that's technology, because everything flows off technology. So this is this kind of tussle between two superpowers that we're seeing play out in front of us. Now, this creates opportunities for us as investors, um, but it's certainly going to be, I guess, a running dialogue or a running story over the next couple of years and something that I'm watching very, very closely. As you say, you know, we're being forced to, we are already choosing between which side we want to pick. You know, do you want to pick WhatsApp or do you want to pick a Chinese-led platform? So what do investors need to understand about China Standards 2035? You mentioned there are opportunities here. Where do you see it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what we need to, I mean, let's look at the largest companies in the world, right? They're all tech companies. The top seven companies in the world are all tech. Two of them are Chinese, five of them are in the US. If you extend that out further and you talk about 20, the top 25, 30, you'll find a big portion of them are tech, probably about half. And again, they're made up of Chinese and US companies. So, you know, people often ask me, what do I invest in tech? I, I know you keep talking about tech. What do I invest in tech? There's, you know, social media tech. There's all types of tech. To simplify it for investors and for me, really there are only two types of tech. There's U.S. tech and there's Chinese tech. And my opinion is you should own both. Mm. The core of your portfolio should be built on both of those. Now, the best way to do that, in my opinion, of course, is on Vive, is simply buy a broad-based ETF on both of them. That encompass, you know, uh, the Barbers, the Meishuans, the Tencents, the Pinduoduos, you know, these emerging, the Tao Education, these emerging Chinese companies and others that encompass, you know, Amazon, Facebook, Google. I mean, we know those names. So that is essentially happening. And in order for investors to get the boast of them, which I believe will be growth sectors going forward, the simple answer is own them both. All right. So get your pieces on both sides of that chessboard is Correct. where you're coming yeah, from. Hedge risk. <laughs> <laughs> really smart. All right. So Jim Cramer believes that the new normal is a lot less investable as states open. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I love Jim Cramer, by the way. Uh, I listen to him every morning on the opening bell on CNBC. So I would never say a bad word about Jim. He's uh, very entertaining also. Um, I mean, look, I don't know what the new normal is going to look like. I really don't. I really feel, though, the quicker we get back and we are starting to reopen, you're starting to see a lot more rhetoric, a lot more talk about reopening. Mm. The quicker we reopen, the quicker we will go back to some type of new normalcy. I, I kind of like it like a sponge, right? You, you, you crush the sponge for long enough, it doesn't go back into place. Now, it'll be a staggered restart, but I believe there's some enormous investing opportunities going out there. If I wanted to get a little bit more specific about where I'm seeing it, I mean... I really feel the big will get bigger in this space, Michelle. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I don't want to talk about tech too much, but I really feel like, you know, companies like Amazon who have done fantastically well during this environment, I feel like they're going to be, they're going to be the first $2 trillion company. I look at, and, you know, within China, I look at you know, companies like Barber and Meishuan who really made the crisis seamless in terms of delivering you your goods and services to your door, uh, combining e-commerce with physical retail stores with delivery. I really feel these companies not only have got a larger consumer base, but they're more established as a product and services for that consumer. So there will be clear winners in this. Those are some of those names that I will be looking at. Uh, but I really feel we're on the, on the way to recovery here and, and markets in general are on the way. So 
there are some really good sectors out there that will that, that will come alive as we go forward. Well, speaking of the theme of tech, do, how do you feel about data centers? Are they high on your list? Yeah, I mean anything to do with with, with storing data is high on this. You know, cloud, you know, cloud and cloud security. The thing is here, when you talk about some of these large, large tech companies, and this is what I believe is the theme, you know, they're so diversified within tech, mm-hmm. you're getting that kind of exposure when you're buying a Microsoft or you're buying an Amazon or a Barber. Right. Um, but that's certainly something, a sector that, that I'm, we definitely look at and will grow as we you know, continue to grow our reliance on you know, data and data in the cloud. All right, market news. Jack, the U.S. Federal Reserve joins BOJ, the European Central Bank, announcing policy decisions this week. Several major economies are going to be releasing GDP numbers, and corporate earnings are going to keep flooding in, including from Amazon.com, Barclays, Samsung Electronics. What do you think global investors are going to be looking out for? Yeah, I mean, let's just talk about earnings for a moment. I mean, do earnings really matter at this point in time? considering what we've had. I mean, if you talk about the corporate earnings that we're seeing and we've seen from the US, we're talking about US now, you know, they're encompassing the worst two months of the crisis. Well, early on, those earnings were, you know, before that pre-crisis. So as an investor, I wouldn't take much about what's happening in terms of earnings going forward. And what you're also going to see from companies, and you're already seeing them, is no one is guiding. So no one's telling you how we see things going forward in quarter three or quarter two or quarter four because no one absolutely knows. Mm. So, you know, as an investor, you've got to go back to those principles and modes that Warren Buffett talks about, you know, what is the company? What modes does it have? Does it have a high switching cost? You know, does it have a brand name? They will hold investors in good stead um, going forward. In terms of the central banks, I mean, what else can they do? I've really got to applaud central banks around the world because they have moved quickly, they have moved simply, um, it's been a laser-like approach into certain markets. They've shored up bond markets, which were the key to allowing liquidity in the market. You know, do I expect great cuts out of the ECB or the US? Probably not, because they've got nowhere to go. I think you just see some more rhetoric around. You know, we're trying to protect certain liquidity in certain markets. But honestly, I've got to, I've got to hand it to them. In particular, the Fed, they've done a fantastic job in moving so quickly. So. I don't expect any staggering news that will move markets out of central banks. I also don't expect any staggering news out of companies that really hasn't been priced in with the market falling like it did, you know, in the early ebbs of March and, and, and late February. So, you know, you take it with a grain of salt only because it's just unique times. I mean, there's no playbook for this. We've never seen anything like this. How do you, how do you go on history for, for something we've never seen? Mm. Besides Tech Jack, what else is on your stocks to watch list? I mean, I always say, Michelle, technology is no longer a sector. It's the driving force behind all sectors. Um, it's been, uh, I mean, it's been an interesting week in oil. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of oil companies, but they are starting to look like there's some possibility in terms of value there. Uh, in terms of other sectors, I mean, you know, I really like healthcare and where that's going. I think you're going to see, you know, a change in the way healthcare is done going forward particularly with physical healthcare, and there are some certain ETFs that I'm looking out there. But my main approach here is, my main thesis out of COVID is I believe the big will just get bigger. Um, what I'm also looking at is in terms of physical or box retail, I think you're going to see again an amalgamation or a consolidation of that. So names like Walmart, uh, names like Target uh, really attract me at where they are in terms of their valuations.
Well, I have to ask, where do you see the opportunity in oil? I mean, we're looking at oil prices plunging nearly 25% uh, overnight, U.S. oil prices, and Brent crude falling about you know 6.7%. So where, where do you see the possibilities? I mean, what you will see, you know, look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm never don't invest much in oil, so I can barely stay away from hmm. What you will see here out of this is a consolidation within the oil industry. So... Make no mistake about it. This is another, uh, and this is another economic war, right? You know, what, what the Saudis and the Russians are trying to do is, is crush the U.S. Um, sales sector and oil sector. Mm-hmm. What you'll see, small and mid-term player will go here. They'll either go bankrupt or they'll be eaten up and consolidated. So you will see oligopolies form, particularly within the U.S. sector, in some of these oil industries. So some of these oil companies, you know, I think of Exxon, um, I think of Schwambelay out of the U.S still have a fairly strong balance sheet, have pivoted away um, a little bit and changed their structure, they will be the real winners out of this because the smaller and mid-town players will simply not be able to, to survive. Uh, so, you know, that's where I see some of the opportunity in that space going forward. And when you talk about, you know, those, those two companies, I don't think they're going to give away their dividend. I think they're going to do everything they can to protect that dividend for their investors. Mm. And I do see some, some advantage in that for the investor. Great insight. Appreciate your time, Jack. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Michelle. Have a great day. Jack Cousy there, founder and director of Strategy VFS Group in Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.